right. When they send it back to you with a note in it that says the battery was dead, you idiot. Okay, Jelly Style in Tokyo, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to send it in and I'm going to write my name as Andrew Johnson, just in yeah. case this is better. They're going to be like, that guy didn't buy one of these. <laughs> All right. Well, we are live, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first official Gears and Beers live episode. I know. Confused, <laughs> no, we're not talking about cars. I know. We realize it doesn't make any sense, but, uh, but damn it, it sounds good. We're morons, so just just go with it. When I when I uh, was envisioning it, or when I was when we were coming up with names, and you said gears and beers, I imagined the chasing chasing deers and slamming beers slamming thing. Beers. So that's I was all aboard for that. But <laughs> but yeah, we're not talking about cars. We this is what we're gonna make our uh, our kind of a gear chat, our biweekly gear chat. Uh, welcome, Brett, Jay, Chris. Man, lots of comments already flowing in. This is great. So, uh, what do we got going on tonight? Who wants to go first, guys? It's because everybody's sitting that at home. They ain't got nothing Probably. to do stare at our ugly right? faces. <laughs> I was, I was kind of worried that internet would be too slow or something to work for this, but eh. Well, I have a, like a real question of how many of our viewers are actually not working right now. Mm. I'm betting not very many. Yeah, probably not. I, I, well, anybody that's in the food industry would be, bro, probably. But other than that, food or gyms really the only thing that's closest. Theaters, you know, that sort of shit. Yeah. So, what do we got going on? Who wants to go first, boys? I can because I know you'll be excited to talk about it, Box. <laughs> I don't have the, much to say about it, actually. <laughs> the. CZ Shadow 2 single action uh, that they came out with. Um, it's a thing of beauty. Thing of beauty, folks. It is. It is It is a beautiful pistol. It is a real nice unit. Fox, is that the one you were drooling over at SHOT Show? Yes. It's the so, one I've been drooling over ever since I've seen it. That thing is pretty sweet. Ow! And it's got, like, the, S, the single action, I guess, is more towards... I don't, and I guess I don't understand, like, what was the non-single action Shadow 2? Like, what market was that tailored for? Like, the double single action? Did pe Were people really... People like double action, single action stuff. Well, I know, but were they, like, carrying it? No, it's it's more of a, believe it or not, beginner competition gun. <laughs> right, but then, so, like, that was my question was, what was the, nece what was the necessity of the double action? Um... I don't. I, I, can't, I guess I don't I, understand. I couldn't tell you that actually. You know, like that was the part that confused me. Was why was it not not just single action to begin with? If it was, you know, designed as kind of a competition gun, which was what I believe it was kind of intended for. And, um, I mean, maybe it's just so people can carry it. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. carry it just because it's so freaking sexy. <laughs> the, the thing that I found weird was like that this single action model, it still just has the real thin, like double action looking trigger in it. Um, are you going to throw a picture up so anybody knows what the hell we're talking about? I already did. You just missed oh. it. Yeah, well, I, we're way freaking behind on my feed. Sorry. <laughs> but these, these, and these guns are beautiful. I just, I thought it was interesting that, you know, uh, a competition style pistol would be a double single action to begin with, I guess. But oh, there it is. 
It's pretty. I do. I do really like these. And if you're talking about like intro, introductory competition pistols, it's really not like out of the normal realm of price point. It's when, really not. It's weird because no, no, it's weird because when you say introductory, people are thinking, "Oh, this is going to be four or five hundred dollars." No, no, this is introductory to the high end of yeah. competition guns. Yeah. I think this runs like thirteen hundred. I think, which yeah, is it's still thirteen fifty. Is their MSR is That's like not bad. nothing compared to an STI. No, right. God, I don't, I don't know if I can ever do that, man. I've never paid thirteen hundred for a gun. I know, but I if I had thirteen hundred dollars, I've paid way more than thirteen hundred for a gun. Never <laughs> pistol. I know. I think I would. And I, I will paid, if I can. I paid well right around a, I think I paid right around a grand for my forty five. Yeah. But. Oh, I would I would think it's safe to say that this little fellow right here with everything said and done on it and done to it is probably I probably could have bought a shadow too. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably could have. Yeah, I could have <laughs> for a lot less malfunctions. I could have for both of the ARs that I've built. Yeah. But the one AR is uh I overspent on it. Yeah. <laughs> for what it is, I mean it, I didn't build it correctly. I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I still managed to spend almost $1500 on it, I think, and it's not Holy snakey. It's not a nice running rifle. I mean it runs, but it's not anything compared to what I have now, which I think I might have spent a little bit less on what I have now, or what I'm running now. You know that that heavy barreled one that I've got with the 20-inch stainless barrel that we used to shoot Tannerite? Yep. That one I built, or me and Sam built it, well, mostly Sam put it together. What did I spend on that, Sam? Wasn't it like fucking 16? I don't recall what it was. I know it was a lot, because it was like 2013. Whatever, ridiculously expensive. I've never, I've never spent more than like eleven hundred on a on a rifle. My, you know, minus optics. That's all I've ever spent on an AR. Hey, my last one was five hundred and sixteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a cheap one. Yeah. Well, it can't be had for that anymore. No. Since we're talking about ARs, my product of the night. Is the Nero five five sec five five sex <laughs> not the five five sex the five five no, six? Yeah, <laughs> no. We make a T-shirt that says that on it with a picture of five five six crown. Just be like five point five sex. Five five six. That's not a bad idea, Toad. Yeah. No, this it no. To answer your question, it does not look like sex. It is absolutely hideous. It's a penis shaped uh, gun, but it is super effective it was it's made by walker defense research it's actually 3d printed which i thought when i first heard i was like that's odd how can that be but it's uh it is 3d printed metal out of this stuff called inconel oh that's some high which is is stuff that goes in like jet engines and rockets and shit it's a nickel yeah, chromium so, super alloy yeah so it's like a super high chromium uh content and it's like a lot of um like real 
high-end race motors use it for like exhaust valves and shit that take that need to take a really high temperature. It's so like a lot of turbo guys build exhaust and shit out of Inconel just because it can handle the really, really high heat. Yeah. It's some badass shit. Yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. Uh, there's only a few that I went and I was reading on their site. There's a few they asked where's this used and it listed a few firearms, uh, firearm companies. Daniel Defense uses one of them in one of their suppressors. This company called Delta P uses it in a suppressor. I've never heard of them. Mm -hmm. And Surefire uses it on their SOCOM suppressors. Yeah. And then also there is Knight's Armament. They used it on a muzzle brake. But it's... I don't know. If I. It looks like it's discontinued now to me, which is understandable because uh, the prices I was seeing that were between $430 and $550. Knights, <laughs> it seems like Knight's Armament, anything Did they, they go build, it's only for a it's only for a short time. Okay. They, just, they they frequently do like as they're manufacturing it for the military, it's available for purchase for a lot of things. Yep. And when the contract runs out for the military, they just quit producing it. They're not going to continue to produce it for the civilian market. They just I they have a hard time production on to other things. I have a hard time believing though that they were selling five hundred and fifty dollar muzzle brakes to the military. No, they, they <laughs> were. I honestly they wouldn't were surprise selling, me. They were selling the muzzle brake. You know, if they had a, if they had a contract through the military, they were just saying, you know, this is what. I, honestly, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they were charging the military five hundred bucks for them, and that's just their price they set on them, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Well, anyways, this one is considerably less. It is MSLP, I believe, is one eighty, and still pretty up there for a muzzle device well higher end anyways yeah much, but it's 180 yeah but it's super effective i was watching videos of them uh with uh full autos and people are one-handed them and it just it wouldn't go anywhere i mean it's butt ugly but it works <laughs> real freaking good they, yeah. just like me what they said wow <laughs> <laughs> They were saying with the without the, I can't remember what gas length they recommended with it. I think it was shorter stuff, but really, because if you didn't have the right gas length or barrel length, then it would actually press push your muzzle down, which would oh, be yeah. which would be real freaking weird because you're used to doing yeah. the opposite of that. So you yeah, be pretty weird. I thought that was pretty interesting though to be three D printing. Uh, muzzle brakes like 3d metal printing yeah yep why why did they do it that way is it so is it designed so that it'd be way too hard to machine normally or what well that material yeah it, it is that, super that difficult is, yeah it's hard to work with but they were also saying that uh you can 3d print things and the like on the interior the way you couldn't uh machine them so you can do right. things, you can design things completely different ways than if you were to just machine it. Too. Yeah, that makes sense. Because on the inside of shit where there's no possible way to get a, to do any machining or whatsoever, you can make tunnels or grooves or whatever the hell you want in there. Yep. Right. Interesting. What was that one called? Uh, that was the Nero 556. Five, five, why do I keep freaking Not saying that? Every time. Five, five, six. <laughs> I've had half a drink. I'm drunk. Uh, that was the Nero 556 five, by Walker Defense Research. 
Johnson, what was that one you were cheesing about months when we first got into to this whole deal? You were cheesing about one, and you showed us the same. Like, uh, video I was trying to. I was trying to remember that also, and I couldn't. F, it was the F one firearms dragon slayer. Yep, I knew it was dragon something. You never get. You never got that. No, I never did buy one. How much do they go for? Not. The, I think they're right around the hundred. Yeah. Twenty dollar mark. I think I saw ninety for it. Yeah. I it, could be it wrong was though. Like outrageous. Huh? Why can I not get comments to come up on this piece of garbage? I'm getting some. There it is. Finally. Must be a box. little penned up box. <laughs> Damn box! Always getting hammered on the on our hangouts. It's been a stressful evening. All right, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm really interested to try to try out um, that sure that open tying surefire war comp. I want to hear the tuning fork sound of it and like see how long that lasts once it gets dirty. Because I've heard a lot about like people hate that it rings, but they said it goes away when it gets dirty. So I'm interested to try it out once I get mine. Uh, I can't imagine. I don't understand why that would be a thing. Like I really don't care. Like, I feel like the boom is going to be a hell of a lot louder than any ping or anything that I, that yeah, you would it's, hear. It's, it's just, it's easy to, it's easy to pick up from your ear because it's so different of a tone mm -hmm. than, you know, it's a different pitch because yeah, everything is such a boom and like a deep thud versus that real high pitch ring right. that comes off of there. So I don't know. What, what is that break you have on that, um, one rifle yours, Johnson, that stupid freaking loud one. Uh, both of mine are like three chamber breaks. I guess I don't have either of them up here, but the two the loud ones that I have are just like a one is like just a DPMS uh, Jerry Mitchellack $40 three chamber muzzle break. That's on my like tan gun. Um, and then on the other one, I got a, I think it's like a Venom Defense titanium three chamber muzzle break. Uh -huh. I don't know if Grant's still watching, but Grant Ross, when he built his AR, he slapped one on his, and I have no idea what it is, but it's the loudest thing I've ever heard on an AR. Yeah, it's not quiet. No, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, another thing about that, that uh, Nero, they said it does really well at suppressing flashes, and also it, it's not super-duper loud either. Really? Which is interesting. I mean, huh. most of the super effective ones are also super loud or super flashy right. or something. This well, one just it, seems that the thing with those is there's going to be a trade off somewhere. I mean, that's just it's, and this one just so, be that yeah, this one's trade off just so happens to be it's butt ass ugly. Yep. Yeah, it's fugly. That's the trade off. <laughs> I, just, I just saw the headline at the bottom. <laughs> Head of CNN found inside Hillary Clinton's aim. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, nice. Don't we look professional, guys? I mean, look at Hell that yeah. spinning logo down there, slowly spinning. Isn't that fancy I as shit? I honestly just noticed it. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself. Not Breaking gonna lie. news headlines and I'm everything. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what do our viewers think of our new... Uh, set up let us know i worked hard on this guys i worked real hard it looks good so good looks professional yeah so um I know Unlike what's, us. what's yeah what's real common right now is 
um, people, I guess I shouldn't say common, but really popular right now is people buying up a lot of ammo. Um, the prices are going up. Things are getting crazy. Um, and a lot of people are just buying it to store it for a rainy day. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, ammo storage. Um, there's a lot of really inexpensive products for, you know, like sealed boxes and, you know, ammo crates and shit like these uh, MTM case guard stuff. I have a ton of MTM case guard stuff. It's cheap. You can buy it anywhere. Fleet Farm, you know, Shields, Amazon. Um, I use it. I love it. I've got like their their uh, mag carriers like the boxes for mags i've got big ones for all my bulk ammo and stuff but i think um one thing that people don't think about enough is uh moisture control um a lot of people forget about that in their gun safes as well um having a good like dehumidifier or uh you know something to keep keep the humidity down inside your safe is important. It's also important in your ammo storage. Um, so a thing that I wanted to talk about was like using things like this, like a silica gel packets just in your ammo storage. So in every container, every container that I have, um, I've got like in my big bulk ammo containers, I have two of these 10 gram um, silica gel packets. And then for the magazine boxes that I have, I throw one of these 10 gram um, packets in there. And it's something that's super cheap that if you're, you know, if you purchase a lot of ammo or store a lot of ammo, um, it's really good investment just to you know, make sure that it's going to go bang when you need it. Um, so like you can get like a 32 pack of these 10 gram ones on Amazon for like $8. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. So it's like, it's super cheap and it's just really good insurance on making sure shit stays dry. You know, like a lot of the boxes that you get are like water sealed or like they have like an O-ring seal to make them watertight. But the problem with that is you're trapping any moisture in there. Also, the moisture can't get out. So having these silica gel packets in there can really help out with that. And that's, that'd be a super shitty thing to store, you know, 5,000 rounds of ammo. You need it and all of it's shit. You know? So that's all well and good, but why can't I just fill up my ammo boxes and then dump a gallon of salt in there with it? Well, you know, hey, each their own. You know, salt corrodes, right, Box? <laughs> it's a joke, Toad. <laughs> why don't you try it out and let us know how it turns out for you? Yeah, honestly, like, as as long as, if you're keeping ammo, buy this shit. It's so cheap. Just silica gel packets. The 10-gram packets are the perfect size. Get an assload of them. They are dirt cheap. See, it's good insurance, and along with that, you know, use some kind of dehumidifier or silica gel or something like that for for your safe. I have a, a Remington, like I was going to ask about that. It's a it's a silica gel inside this element, like inside this box, and then I I take it out and I plug it into the wall, and it's got a heater in it, and it dries out that silica gel. 
So then it, you know, lets all the moisture, or heats all the moisture, right, like basically runs it off, and then you go and put it back in, and it changes color. So you know when it's when it's moisture saturated, it turns like pink. You plug it in, it heats it up, it dries out, it goes back to blue. So then Turn, blue, turns pink when it's moist. Yeah. Uh, convenient right? I, I wonder how effective that would be in like a super uh humid environment well i mean it has its limits well yeah like, i know but like during the summer i i probably have to uh plug it into the wall for like i usually plug it in overnight maybe once a week during the, you know like the middle yeah. of summer when it's real humid yep hmm. um so yeah the, the basically the idea is you don't want to have your your expensive ammo go to to waste and speaking of expensive yeah. ammo this is one thing that i wanted to touch on tonight was um jay just mentioned the cheaper than dirt um, yeah. if you guys aren't familiar with cheaper than dirt they're a, a website online that sells and they're also they also have a gun sh shop somewhere i don't know exactly where it's at um who cares um, yeah they're <laughs> basically don't ever, ever, ever buy from them. I've literally seen shit on there in the last 10 years that I've wanted to buy. Refuse to buy it from them because they're just complete and utter dirt bags. The day after Sandy Hook, they jacked up the prices of P mags to 100 bucks a, a mag. Um, just for the simple fact, it was people were panic buying and they thought that people would pay it. Um, and then this lately after this whole deal um the run on ammo that's been going on they this jay mentioned they're selling um a thousand winchester white box uh 220 was it must be uh 223 i believe so yeah. i saw it the other day yeah for 970 dollars they yeah. usually go for around 300 right um so they're just they're just uh profiteering pieces of shit don't don't freaking um don't patronize them. Don't don't give them your money. There's a hell of a lot more people, hardworking people that could uh, small businesses that could use your money other than those pieces of trash. Yeah, don't uh, don't buy from tactical shit either. They're uh, they had a thousand round case of some some ammo. They were they did a video on how it's this good ammo, you know. And it was a it was Fort Scott Munich <clears throat> tumble upon impact. Yeah, and it was like eight hundred bucks. For a thousand rounds. That's honestly, how much that's is it usually? Seventy-five cents a round. Well, so it, if it wasn't, it wasn't out. If they're well, I mean, I can see if it usually sells for seven hundred and selling or seven fifty, and it sells for eight. I mean, if it's a high-end ammo, I can see it. You know, a little bit. But yeah, the ridiculous. What they were, like, oh, it's like they were selling the masks too, though. Like they got in a shipment of masks. But normally they're like three bucks a piece, and they're selling them for like twelve dollars and fifty six cents a piece. Yeah, that's just a well. Yeah, that's, and, and that's something you really got to watch out for in situations like this when people are panic buying. You know, like you you can kind of expect a little bit of a price increase, but like when people really start nailing you like that, you know, you got to watch out for what you're doing and that's that's where like ammo seek and stuff like that really comes into play and can be beneficial because it you know you might go like say you're a normal shopper of cheaper than dirt you never saw them price gouge after sandy hook you never heard anything about it you know you've bought ammo from cheaper than dirt for the last three years you know prices have been pretty average so all of a sudden you go there 
a couple days ago and you're like, holy shit, the prices are crazy. You know, I better get this before they don't even have any, you know. So using something like AmmoSeq really helps, you know, keep them honest, I guess. Yeah. Uh, GunBot was the big one that came up in uh, back in 2012, 13. Yeah. They, were, they were kind of the first one that kind of that uh, started that whole deal. Um, Miles was asking about what do we thought about the ammo subscription concepts? I think it's a freaking good idea. You pay a certain amount of money every month and they automatically send you money or send you uh, ammo. That seems like a hell of a good idea to me. Yeah. Well, that one he was, he was talking about was a little bit different where they don't send it to you until you ask them to. So you don't even have to store it. I mean, you're buying it, but you don't store it, which in this, I'm confused. You send them money every month and you get so many rounds and then when you want to have them send it to you say you after two months you've paid $65 or something they send you $65 worth of of ammo oh I see but if you want it after the first month then you only get how much you paid for that month interesting well I think it'd be I think it'd be a good way to to um to actually get stocked up on ammo. Cause a lot of people, especially after Sandy hook, were saying, Oh, I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm never going to be low on ammo again. Well, that was 10 years ago or eight years ago. You know, we kind of get, get lax and uh, get run down on ammo. So if you do something like that, where you're always, you're always building and you're always getting more, I think it's a hell of a good deal. As long as you're getting a decent deal on it and you're not paying, you know, 40, 50 cents around for 223 or 25 or 30 cents around for nine mil. I don't know. Like today, I've I'm, never been out today with what's going on. I'm not sure how I would feel about that though. I, it's, feel I wonder about what that, the site that he's talking about, a site that I've never heard of. I believe it's ammo squared was the one he's, is the one he's talking about. But yeah. a unknown company, who's to say that they even have the ammo that I've paid for at this particular moment? Say I had paid $500 for ammo and I want it now because I need to stock up. Who's to say they have that $500 worth of ammo at that particular right. point? Everybody else is low. Why aren't they? Why aren't they? Right. Well, I wonder if there's a clause in the, in the agreement that you sign that says they have to have whatever they've said they have on, on, on hand, because they can't just like, I mean, they can't just say, Hey, we got a thousand rounds and they only have 200 rounds. So, and when everybody calls in, Hey, I want my ammo now, and then they're shit out of luck. You know, that doesn't make sense. Uh, that who was is, who is obnoxious that? guess. Let me guess toad. <laughs> I turned it off. That was a news update. I don't know how to turn that off. Smash your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it across the room. <laughs> okay, well, we got a little bit off topic there, guys. This is supposed to be gears and beers. It's whatever the heck we want it to be. Well, we've, got, we've still got a few other things to talk about. Right. Who wants? We got Sam. You haven't said anything yet. And Toad, who want? Which one of you wants to go? Um. Yeah, I got. Uh, I want to talk about my Gerber flat iron. This was the other day I got a hankering for a, uh, for one of those cleaver style knives. So I ended up, um, buying, typically I'm a, I'm a Kershaw fanboy. I was debating between the Kershaw. I can't remember what, um, style, what one there's is called or the Gerber flat iron. This is actually the second generation. 
I can't um, see it, Sam. <laughs> I have an actual good picture of it up on the screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, cool. So, um, it's, it's, it's not a, like a real high end knife. I think I paid like around 38 bucks for it or something like that on, uh, on Amazon, but it's got the cleaver style hand, uh, blade that I was going for nothing. I mean, it's handy. It's cool. I like it. It looks cool. Um, it's nice for slicing meats, I guess, <laughs> but it's actually, I'm, I'm fairly impressed with the quality, quality of it. Um, Gerber is obviously a solid company. Most of the shit they make, um, is pretty solid. It's just got a G10 handle, uh, G10 <laughs> material on one side of the grip on the other uh, side. They got this funky little thing there. It's like a, an insert. And then all that does is it stops the, uh, the blade release from over traveling. So you can't end up breaking that or whatever. Um, the blade is not like a, it's not like a super high quality. Let's see if I can, uh, remember what it is. It's a seven CR 17 MOV steel. So it's not like, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, budget steel. It's nothing super high end, but it does the job. I mean, it works, it works good. Um, it holds, it's got a pretty decent edge on it right now before I totally, totally screw it up, which I always do to my knives. Um, yes, you, you do, and then I have to fix them. Uh, yeah, the only complaint that I did have was this pocket clip. Um, it's a fat ass pocket clip. It's a lot bigger than yeah. That's freaking goofy. Um, but <laughs> what'd you say? Oh no, no, it's just f fat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the issue I had with it was when I first got it. I don't know if you can see it here, but it was actually. It was up off of the off of the handle, so it really wasn't doing any good at all. It was just uh, it was so loose. So what I ended up doing was having to take it off and bend it back down. Um, but other than that, everything I was pretty happy with it. I think Gerber is along the same quality as my Kershaw. I am a, like I said, I'm a Kershaw fanboy, so most of their shits along the same lines of quality um, is them. So I'm happy with it. And I'll be using it a lot over the, the next year, this summer especially. Reason being is I don't use, like, um, steak knives or anything. I use my freaking pocket knife. I use the damn thing for everything. Um, even when I'm I'm grilling and eating meats and shit like that. So, um, yeah. but We all can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I'm pretty happy with it for the price. It's a hell of a good knife. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to buy another one, so... That is my short little review. I just don't get the uh, whole idea of a cleaver pocket knife. I mean, what can it do that? It, cool. What can it do I that mine can't? <laughs> it, there's, no, it's just a different. It's that. just a different shape. I mean, it can do everything that my other one can do, other than stab, stab. somebody. But how many times have I ever needed to stab somebody? You'll wish you could stab yeah. someone someday, though. I'm pretty sure I could figure out a way to stab somebody with this. You just, just got to kind of come at a different angle. It's kind of like yeah. uh, over in Europe where they they won't sell pointy knives anymore. Right. They have to round off all the edges. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I still can't cut somebody to shit with that. <laughs> right. But actually in a lot of knife fighting, they don't teach you. They're not teaching you to, to stab. Yeah. You're slashing vital, vital parts. So Have you taken a lot of knife fighting classes, have you? But I'm just saying it. So have From a good what night, I've seen in movies, it doesn't. No, I've, yeah. I've actually. Yeah. Uh, but 
So I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be stabbing anybody anyway. So okay. Anyways, after that awkward silence, um, Toad, <laughs> do you are do uh, my product is. Yeah, yeah. Johnson and I had talked about doing a review video on this, and we never got to it. But it's the Bushnell TRS Twenty Six Optic. I have news for so you. So we both ended up uh, buying it. Uh, you what? Review is all recorded. I just need to put it together now. Oh, okay. we did finally end up recording the rest of it, huh? Yeah. So you guys will see a re full review on this optic coming soon. So Johnson told me about this because I was looking at the uh, is it the MRO the Trigicon MRO the the wide and uh, Johnson mentioned the twenty six from Bushnell so I went out one weekend and I bought it and it's different than your standard red dot in the fact that it's actually got a really wide um, view instead of a narrow kind of focused view this is a really wide view and uh, in my opinion it makes for a really a lot better target acquisition. Uh, you can see a lot of more of what's behind it, you know, what you're aiming at. And uh, I just really liked it. So I slapped it on the competition AR, and uh, I still get smoked every weekend, but uh, it, it helped out. It's not because <laughs> so, of the, it's not what did you the red dot anyway. <laughs> no, no, because I'm slow. Um, I, will, I will say that, that I think it's a little bit ugly. Um, but it definitely, it definitely does what it's supposed to do. It's, I mean, you get it, you get a nice wide, um, yeah, it's, and, and what's funny is like the TRS, it's a TRS 26 cause it's a 26 millimeter objective lens, right? Well, most of the other ones are like 24. So it's only like two millimeters bigger, but that two millimeters, like, and you've looked through it too, Sam, like, you know, that it makes a big difference. Like you feel like you can see a lot more. Uh, yeah, I actually, I actually have a TR, TRS um, 25. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know where the hell I acquired it. It's just out in my shop for some reason. I don't know how I got it or where the hell it came from. Uh, but it's even that's even noticeably smaller if it's just the. I mean, so it's definitely a cool, cool idea. And I, I think I may pick one up. I'm just running. Um, primary arms red dots on my shit right now so mm -hmm. speaking of uh, primary arms they just uh released a new optic as well more along the acog line but it's a 2x yeah. magnifier mm -hmm. i didn't i don't i can't know many details about it but it does seem kind of interesting it's only like 350 or 400 dollars or something like that which at that price point i'm kind of i mean it's designed as a self-defense and home defense optic so i'm kind of iffy about the the uh, reliability of it at that price point but eh, it could be great i mean primary arms makes some good stuff so box yeah. this uh this is a burris this is on my my dad's rifle um this is a burris ar 536 and this is actually like a fixed five power um like prism sight and it's like really comparable to an ACOG. I mean, obviously the reticle's different, but as far as like construction and stuff goes, it's really comparable. And this is really on the you know less expensive side of it too. I think these are like four hundred or something bucks, and they might have a new version out now because this was bought. You know, when my dad built this rifle, 
Well, it was probably 2009, maybe, when he did this rifle. So it was new then. So, I, I mean, I'm sure they've got something else out there now. But yeah, there, there are other options out there for, you know, ACOG style stuff. But I will say they ain't that cheap. It's, it's pretty hard to beat um, primary arms ACSS reticle, honestly. Yeah, I need to. Um, I want to get a, a, a AR set up with a little bit like a an actual, not just a normal red dot sight on it. Something like you were just talking about. You know, that you can get a little bit of magnification out and hit a little bit longer range a lot easier. Because yeah. obviously, you guys know that I struggle mightily with uh, even a hundred yards with a red dot. Right. <laughs> no, I've never seen you struggle at that that range. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, what else do we have, boys? That's you guys have all done yours, right? I've got, I've got one more thing. Um, you gonna read, a, read us? Book? He's gonna read us a book, no. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, so I have this book. Hey, I got the same book. Cooking with beer. So I'm thinking, if you guys are interested at all, um, we could, we could try a recipe out of here every, you know couple of weeks maybe um and just kind of talk about it see what see what we thought of it and like post the recipe on the page i I don't know if you guys would be interested in something like that you know we're obviously all of us like beer so cooking with beer just makes sense so i thought it'd be cool that you know there's like you know brats uh cheddar beer burgers beer brine pork chops like all kinds of good stuff there's even like breads and desserts and stuff with beer in here soft pretzels fiesta bread all kinds of good stuff with beer in it. so let us know what you guys think of that idea i thought it'd be kind of neat to you know the four of us try some try some cooking and if it involves beer you know i gotta make it better gears and beers absolutely um yeah, I kind of wanted to get more into that on this on the Life Short Live Free um, page. Anyways, is just do more uh, food stuff. I got I got a bunch of um, beef ribs. I'm gonna cook up here one of these days gr- or grill up as soon as it gets a little bit nicer out. So, Toad, you were gonna say something. When uh, does PSA have an ETA on their MP5 clone yet? I don't think they I- do. I actually looked. I looked for release dates for um, two weeks ago when we did this. I looked for release dates on PSA for all of their stuff because I wanted to talk about that stuff. Their dagger is supposed to come out in the next two months. Um, the dagger, that pistol, their Glock Jet Three compatible Glock pistol, the dagger should be released to the public in the next couple of months. But the MP5, there was like somebody. Yeah, like, he wouldn't really tell us much about he, it. He wouldn't say anything Radio about release silence. date, but he did promise. He did promise. Yeah. Okay. That it would be out this year. First, <laughs> yeah. so take and he was he was he was really they adamant probably, about that. They probably promised on 2000 in 2018 shot show when that 
concept first came out. We promise it'll be out in 2008. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, I don't know. This guy, he actually, I mean, he was one of the, well, he owned the, the company that designed it, Lead Star Arms, actually. Prim, yes. Primer or Palmetto didn't design that one. They work yeah, with Lead so Star Arms or whatever. He's obviously so. not going to go to SHOT Show and be like, well, you know, we brought it here, but it's going to be another 45 years before we actually. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold yeah. it. I'm going to take his word and say that it, I'm not saying it'll be out early this year, but. We got a lot of year no, left. It'll be, I think it'll be fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that's what he said. He's, he said something like third quarter or something like that. But, Box, did you see um, – uh, and I could be wrong. I caught the article in passing, but uh, H&K is uh, oh my releasing a civilian version of the MP5. I did see that. I didn't really look into it much because, I mean, it's semi-automatic and probably really expensive. So I, I looked and it was like two grand. So. Yeah, I don't want one of those more than oh, I want a CZ or an STI. Though I'm more of a pistol person, actually. Yeah, how's that? Uh, what was it the uh, that you bought, uh, Steyr? How's that shoot box? Shoots great. Okay. How many rounds you got through that beast so far? Not that many. <laughs> Probably around 100, 150 maybe. How many times have you cleaned it? <laughs> Once. <laughs> Back off. Yeah. No, I, I can't shoot it yet. I want to clean it first. I think, yeah, Box, I could see you like becoming a real collector of eclectic pistols you know just like super odd shit no i've, I've been thinking lately i i, see, I probably I won't be buying 40 years being that guy at the gun show just like not really wanting to sell anything just want to show people <laughs> all of his old weird shit <laughs> you know like goes to every single gun show no um the one other thing box have you covered your I I did, but I have one other thing too. Oh well, we we wanted to talk about uh, reloading supplies. Well, I don't Relo reloading stuff. I don't care. We can save this other one for next time too. I guess. What's What's your other one? Let's see if it's if I'm more interested in that. The Ruger PC uh, pistol. Oh, I just saw that. I'm conflicted. I saw the takedown version of that, and that actually would be – I like the concept behind it. It's like a backpack gun. If you're going out like on a, like a hike out in the freaking mountains for a couple of days, it would be awesome. But it's so fugly. Like I just yeah, – I, I think I'd spend less money to get the – You cut out pretty bad there. I didn't hear anything you just said. Yeah, what's that, Johnson? I said, I think I'd just save the money and get the Caltech. Nah. I think this this one, I, I like this one, actually. I mean, I guess now that we're talking about it, we might as well talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, Ruger released the pistol version of their PC carbine uh, called the uh, PC Charger Pistol. It's in 9mm. I guess I can throw up a picture of this in here, can I? Yep. Look at me doing this fancy shit and stuff. <laughs> it's, I mean, I kind of like it. I think it's, it's ugly. It's so. got 
<laughs> it, I'll, I'll, I'll t- I will admit in that picture it does uh, doesn't look good. Dude, it, it doesn't matter what picture it is. They just no, it all looks. Stupid. You throw you throw a brace on there, and a bigger mag look- and a suppressor, and it actually looks pretty nice. I'm yeah, actually so I'm looking spend, at them so with you spend twenty five hundred dollars on this fucking. Well, you don't need the su- you don't need the suppressor either, but I mean it looks cool with just this. I am actually looking at it with a with a like one of the Sig braces on the Sig MPX braces and just a like a thirty round Glock mag, and it actually looks not bad, pretty kind of cool actually. Yeah, so it's got M lock on the handguard. It's got the uh, Picatinny on the rear for your. Uh, for your brace it's barrel is obviously threaded half by 28 for your suppressors uh, and it ships with uh two different magwells one for ruger mags and then one for uh glock mags also and uh both the uh mag release and the charging handle those are reversible so if you're like toad you can flop it over to the left side and it does accept ar grips which I don't know how really? big of a benefit that is, but I mean, yeah, it's handy. Oh, it's handy. Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. And everybody, for, apparently, everybody and their mom thought it was a good time to message me on Facebook right now. I, oh my sweet Jesus! <laughs> See, Brett and Jay like it. Jay, yeah, that, I was watching so, something on Twenty Two Plinkster earlier about it too. Yeah. So I'm looking at this picture. It's got like a Sig Romeo 5 on it. Uh, like the Sig Brace, a 30-round clear Glock mag. It doesn't look that bad. Yeah, you're probably looking at the same picture I did. I think but it'd be fun. Of, like, And that's the thing is like the, the standard Ruger charger, like the 1022 version, like that made sense. It had like a twelve-inch barrel, but like this has like a five-inch barrel. Why not just carry a pistol? Mm, well, I don't think this is necessarily a carry piece. Well, I, I realize that, but I mean, if you're gonna make it, like, is it? Does it? It's obviously not a takedown unit. Well, no, it'd be yeah, like it a is. Back- yes, it is. Well, they make a takedown unit. I don't think this this little one that I'm looking at with like a four inch barrel on it probably is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Why the fuck would you take the barrel off of that? What's the point? <laughs> you can fit in a really. You're you can fit in a really. You can fit it in a really small bag, like a uh, laptop bag or something like that. Dude, if you got to take that, if you fold that brace and still have to take that little barrel off, you're doing something wrong. Actually, Johnson, no, you probably just Johnson. Did you just Google Ruger PC charger? If you go down like yeah. a few more, there's one with a takedown of it, the barrel and the and the rail yeah. off of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I I get it, but it's like I. You I, guys know what I'm gonna say. You just yeah, it's new. I like it. It's options, yeah. innovation. I dig it. It's not innovation. <laughs> it's not innovation. They took their 1022 takedown and their PC carbine and. <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't. Exist. It didn't exist before. Now it exists. I but it's, it's cool. new. It, exist. it just didn't exist in that caliber. <laughs> well, Need there you go. Shut up. <laughs> oh, all right then. Uh, Seriously, I'm only just seeing the Bushnell uh, 
the Bushnell site up on the screen right now. You need to refresh. Yeah, right you're now. you're way behind. The guys <laughs> in the God, dude. You need to refresh. Um, Did you get fiber optic yet, Sam? No, I got I got to do that yet. Box and I were talking earlier. I called Box a little earlier. It was just kind of I was kind of bullshitting, and I just want to put a bug in your guys' ear. Um, better not be fucking coronavirus. No, not that kind of bug. This is a cockroach. Um, I can help you with those. <laughs> thank you. I was talking to Box about a couple of things. Um, one thing is a really inexpensive bolt gun. Um, I can get either any any of us can go get a Mossberg Patriot in 308 or six and a half creed more with i don't know the the brand of the scope but it's like a 4 to 12 by 40 scope already on it for sub 400 dollars with the scope already on it in 308 or six and a half creed more. um now you could also get a Ruger American with a 22-inch barrel in 308 or six and a half Creedmoor with a Vortex. I think it's like four to 14 by 44 scope on it for 550 bucks. Now, I want you guys to think about this because I want to talk about this on the podcast. But like a cheap bolt gun that you're like to me it'd be like a good shit hit fan rifle just like a 308 bolt gun would you so six and a half creedmoor is better at range carries energy farther stays supersonic longer yada yada but it's more expensive to shoot it's more expensive per round and the ammo availability isn't there so that's what I want you guys to think on for the podcast is if you were taking, you know, a bolt gun hunting rifle for. Uh, do I have to wait last, to answer? One and, last rifle. Do I have to wait to answer until the podcast? Yep. You have you, to think to, on it. I want you to actually think about it. You give me homework. Yeah. I want you to actually <laughs> think about it because I want you to like actually look at the two cartridges because there's like. It can go back and forth, you know, like terminal ballistics at different ranges and being able to hit your target first round impacts at range because of how fl- how much flatter the six and a half Creedmoor is than the 308. But then you have to take that into account with the ammo availability and the price of ammo, you know. So mm. I want yeah. you to think about it. The other thing I want you to think about, and this kind of ties in, is weight of the weight of your ammo that you would want to carry with you. I'd get a wagon and carry it all. (laughs) I'm gonna carry around this this radio flyer with me for the rest of my life. Box is gonna be wandering around the wasteland pulling a freaking radio flyer wagon behind him. Goddamn right. Everyone would be terrified. I mean, who's that crazy asshole with wagon <laughs> so jay nelson i i 
you should message me because he has the Patriot 6.5 and the Ruger American 308. This gentleman right here knows all about all of it. Knows what's up. Yeah. I think I, I think I have my my answer. I mean, it's a it's a pretty clear decision for me. But I, I no, you have to wait. <laughs> Teacher said so. All right. Well, do we want to talk about reloading or do we want to cut it off? We're at an hour right now. Uh, I know we're just under an hour. It's only nine twenty-three. You're like four minutes behind, though, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's. uh, I think uh, right now would be a good time to cover a little bit of reloading because you're just you're just looking to get into it. Have you done much research on what you want as far as a press box? I have not. Um, I googled a few. I decided that I'll probably get a progressive because I know if I get a single stage, I'll be too lazy to actually use it, and it'll just be a waste of my money. Yeah, that's a fair enough assessment, I suppose. Um, I, I, yeah, I kind of wish I would have won a progressive when I first got it, but I got everything I need now, so I could just buy like a Lee progressive, and everything would. You know, I just need the the actual press, and I got all the other shit, obviously. So it wouldn't be that much of an upgrade. Press, I could leave my single stage is just like a, a, prim- a D primer and sizer die uh, situation set up. But um, actually, I did a, a little bit of inventory. I got I got a shitload of uh, fifty five grain full metal jackets. I don't even know where they came from. Like over probably a thousand of them sitting around. You bought that big ass box that time. I remember when you got it because you told me about it. Yeah, and then I got like uh, several hundred of nine mil right now, but I got a crap load of uh, small rifle primers, like three thousand, and a couple thousand uh, small small pistol primers for two twenty three and um, and nine mil. So I'm pretty well set as far as uh, components do need, go. Do you need two twenty three brass? Um, no, actually, I mean, I got a buttload of it actually deprimed and sized and shit already, I believe. Okay. Um, but back in the day when I was big into reloading, I did a bunch of that. Just because I have like gallon bags full, like a multitude of gallon bags full of 223 and 556. You don't do any reloading, do you? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Well, uh, I've saved, I've saved all this 223 brass to make 300 blackout right out of it. and it's i just i have so much but it's i'm never gonna make seven thousand rounds of 300 blackout you know what i mean have you started making it yet uh-uh. i got one of those saws harbor freight saws that everybody uses you know when yeah, you decide to start I'm not using so it worried about that i just need a jig to hold them to the right correct length right right but yeah, just in uh, especially in times like these, it's nice to have that skill. So I'm glad that I got into it back in the day when I did. Um, so box, I think it's good for you to get into too. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't think yeah. there's ever a bad time to get into reloading or learning <clears throat> learning a new skill in general. Actually, it was a bad time when I got in. I got in right after Sandy Hooks. <laughs> you could literally yeah. when you were when you were looking for some like uh, primers and shit, it you'd go to Shields. Time. It was just an expensive time, right? But you'd go to Shields and they have like a hundred. They were selling it by the hundred rounds of primers. Usually they sell it by the thousands, right. but they were selling it by the hundreds. You know, and I go in there and pick up a couple hundred at a time, and that's. Uh, I'm glad I did. In fact, uh, I got all that shit when I did. So 
It's better than having nothing at least. Yeah, I was looking for I knew I had a bunch of forty five brass earlier tonight. I could not find it. And uh I found it and I had way more than I thought. I thought I had like two hundred rounds of forty five brass and there's like five hundred. So I actually I've only got like three hundred actual projectiles, so I gotta go pick up some more. But yeah, I'm going to put in another, I think I'm going to put in an order with uh, extreme bullets um, for another either 500 or 1,000 um, uh, projectiles for 9 mil because I've only got a few hundred of those left. So that's my only weak spot right now. Yeah, this is kind of my, uh, instead of using a sub subscription service like Miles was talking about, that's kind of my plan to yeah. keep from... To keep myself stockpiling and shit, because I'm pretty bad at that. But if I mean, it's easy way easier to stockpile uh, powder and bullets and primers and brass and shit than that. <laughs> yeah. Right? I got like I got almost four pounds of tight group to, for that's for nine mil, and that may, like one pound of it will make an absolute shit ton of nine mil. So <laughs> four pounds, I got. I should be set in the powder department for a little while at least. Yeah, I've got well, two pounds. Two pounds of tight group and go ahead, So I got two pounds of tight group and two pounds of IMR forty one ninety eight, which is what I use for forty five seventy. And and that one pound of that will actually not make as many rounds of forty five seventy as you think, because you're using forty six point six grains per round. Oh, so yeah. I've probably loaded maybe two hundred of them, but I'm about out of the one pound. I think. That doesn't surprise me. But when you're only loading like uh, nine mils, what, like four grains or something like, I don't even remember what the hell exactly it is. It's been so long yeah. since I've, I think five, it's around five, something five, like that. But. Five, I think your nine mils like 4.2. Yeah, I think that's what it is if I remember right. It's been a, well, it's been years since I've reloaded any, but. And that's the funny thing is like a 4570, you know, you're to 44 46 grains of powder depending on what powder you're using but like my six creedmoor that's the same deal as i it's gonna take me you know it'll take three pounds to do 500 over three pounds to do 500 rounds because you're using 42 to 46 grains of like hydrogen 4350 or you know imr 4350 per case and it's like boy that right. goes away in a hurry <laughs> yeah yeah one thing i keep seeing is everyone all about uh reloading is recommending a reloading uh handbook is that just like a guide for your grains and shit yeah. yep. i got the same one johnson gives you a guideline for load data basically where to where to start um with like grain like charges of powder because you don't want to just be like, well, I'm just going to fill the case up full yeah. of powder, jam the bullet in it, and let's see what happens. I kind of want to do that, actually. <laughs> you know? so it's, Make sure you videotape it. It's good to know. It's good to have a, a place of reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't have the big book. I buy these ones. Uh, they sell them at Shields in the reloading section. And the reason I buy these is because if I'm looking at a massive book... I just don't want to get distracted and reload the wrong fucking thing. So this is one caliber one book is what they say. Yeah. And then seven, eight bucks, I think is what I pay for them. And I've got them for every die set that I have and everything's in here. All the manufacturers, powder loads, powder 
variations, brands, all that shit's in the one book, but it's all one dedicated caliber. So that's why I like these. Nothing against the big books. I just don't want to fuck something up because yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think an, another good uh, thing, another good reason to have books is if you don't have the internet, it's going to be hard to find load data. Yeah, so that's it's never bad to have a hard copy of something. That's the reason I bought that big ass book. So, if in the instance everything goes to shit, you still got you still can load all everything you need to be loading. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What else? What else? Other advice we got for a for a newbie getting into reloading? Uh, weigh <laughs> weigh every charge. Yes. In the beginning. Yep. Make sure you know that your powder scale is correct. Make sure you're, you know, um, visually inspect everything. Like, don't, so you don't double charge something. So you don't um, put a bullet in without any powder in. Because then you get a squib load. Then, you you know, then you got real problems. And, you know, there's just being very meticulous, especially when you start. To where you can get in a groove and understand what is important, where you need to be paying attention, you know, like understanding where you're putting loaded cases versus, um, whoops. Right. Yeah. You know, where you're putting loaded, loaded cases versus, um, you know, just empty brass and, you know, be very meticulous when you first start because it's, I mean, it ain't no bullshit when you have you double charge something mm -hmm. you know yeah. it's when you load around it's not always you're you're not always filling the case up to where hey i went to load it i went to put the charge in twice and it overflowed everywhere sometimes a double charge will fit in well, case. No. and that'll be the nice thing box if you do go with the progressive i mean because once that that powder is just you you know you're not going to be able to screw that part of it up but right um and i'm still my I'm so damn anal about it. You know, I, I, I tend to check everything over and, you know, and I, I check the overall length of way too many of my, my finished shells just cause I'm anal like that, but it's not really a bad quality to have, I guess. So uh, uh, I measure every, uh, every load that I put in, I weigh it just because, uh, remember when we were talking about this in the group chat the other day box. And I said, if, if you buy a Lee, and it comes with the uh, plastic powder dumper to buy a better powder dumper. Yeah. Is that plastic one they send you works, but it's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So what happens with mine, and it's done this since the day I got it, is it'll actually, where, where the turret revolves in it, it actually lets powder out the side of it. So you end up with like a little pile of powder underneath of it when you're doing it and your loads are always inconsistent. <laughs> so I've been looking, I've been looking, <laughs> yeah, walk into that one. Uh, I've been looking at the uh, RCBS auto dumper and it's, it's expensive. It's like 300 some bucks, I think. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, I have the factory Lee one and I've never had a problem. It's usually been pretty consistent. That's the one I use too. Is yours plastic or metal? Because I see the new ones got way more metal on them than, than mine does and mine's probably 10 years old. And mine's, I think mine's mostly plastic. I mean, yeah. Could just be a fluke, though, too. 
Yeah, yeah. mine's all, all plastic, and and it's not like super, 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 one hundred percent consistent, but it's close enough to the where it's not ever going to cause an issue, you know. So, and, and me, all all I reload is just plinking shit. You know, I'm not reloading self defense or anything like that. So, I'm not too terribly worried about it as long as it's pretty damn close. Mine's mostly plastic. Yeah. So I don't know. I just maybe it's just mine, but Brett. Uh, but that's Blake, not a bad upgrade, Toad. I'm not going to say right, that you're yeah. not correct. Yeah, Brett says he'd like to learn. So I don't know. You come down some weekend. We can reload some shit in Sam's shop and show you. Uh, one thing I've heard about reloading, Brett, um, is reloading is the treadmill of the firearm industry. <laughs> People always buy a bunch of reloading stuff in times like this, and then it just sits and they never do anything and they end up selling it again. So be sure you actually want to reload, I guess. You know, I go through stages with it. Like there was a stage where my reloader sat for probably three years and I didn't fucking touch it. But in the last like two years, I've done quite a bit more. Like, when I lived in my apartment, it was mounted to a rolling TV stand and I would just wheel it out of the closet and I'd sit there and watch TV and reload whatever that sounds, I had. That sounds handy. Yeah. And it's, it'll be especially nice. And the, for, for guys like us in the next few weeks, there ain't Jack. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Fucking nothing. Cause there ain't nothing open. Your ass Hard is going to be sitting home. Yeah. So it's, it'll be nice. The and assholes will be at my house. Not this weekend. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be here or not this weekend. This is it. No, this ain't a podcast weekend. No, I'm saying you guys, no. I'm saying you guys will just be bored and just come out here to shoot. Oh, oh. No, I'm staying the hell away from you guys. Social distancing, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, I think that's it, right, guys? It is. It, it is. Shut it. her down. I do believe. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you're watching us on Facebook and you want to, you didn't catch the whole thing, this will go up on all of our podcast providers in a week or something like that. We, we could probably upload them sooner than that, but... It also... gonna, well, what I've what I've been doing is every other Monday the uploading okay. on the the Mondays that we don't upload a podcast, I upload this. Okay. And it'll also go up on our YouTube channel if you for some reason want to watch our ugly mugs. And uh be sure to share our stuff. We really appreciate that. It's the only really way we can grow. Uh let us know what you think of our beautiful new layout. I'm pretty proud of it. I don't know if I you can tell. It. I love it. <laughs> no, we're just trying to trying to make things as interesting and possible for you guys. And we're trying hard. So let us know what you guys think about it and what we should change or any ideas of what we should talk about, uh what we should do. Fun ideas for us. We're all about that too. God damn it, Toad. Maybe somebody can, can send Toad a manual on how to sh get his phone to shut the hell up. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube. Uh, subscribe to that. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, I think that's all we got for you. Like I said, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, Sam, it's your time to shine. Yep. Um, and before we do go, um, just... We didn't talk about it at all tonight, really, but um, obviously, you know, this is a shitty time for everybody. Um, it just makes it that much more important to stick together, help all your help, help all your friends and your neighbors. And um, 
I think this is pretty much un unprecedented for um, the entire country. The entire country. country. <laughs> it was that way after 9-11 as well. And so, but the, the deal after 9-11 was everybody was united and we were one and it was an amazing feeling. As, as shitty as that sucked, it had some good come out of it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping the same deal can come out of this. Let's unite as a country and, and get through this and we'll come out stronger on the other side. That's all I got to say about that. But, uh, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys sticking around. And until we talk to you next time, remember, life short, live free. God bless you guys, and God bless America.